0: Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we would encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Anyhow, I hope you guys all had a, a good Christmas. Man, you know, what a warm Christmas we had. I mean, wasn't it? Did you guys enjoy that? Some, some of you guys did. The rest of you would rather have like three foot of snow, I'm sure, right? So, um, but, you know, it, it was just so, so great. And my family had a, had a great time uh, celebrating the Christmas season and the, the birth of our Savior. Um, and, and, you know, this weekend is, is kind of like, uh, it's kind of, you know, this, this odd weekend. It's the last weekend of the year. We're getting ready to go into a new year. And, uh, and I said, instead of starting a new series, I just want to kind of just talk about something, unpack something. And, uh, and I called the title of today's message, In the Groove. And uh, so we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. But first, we're going to begin in uh, Genesis 26.12. should be there in your notes so you can follow along. It says, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? I mean, you plant some crops and then you get a hundred times the return. I mean, I don't know about how how your stock investing is going, but man, if if I could told you, say, you put a hundred dollars in here and you're going to get a hundred times that in a year, I mean, what would that be like? Ten grand. I'm like, hey, that's a pretty good rate of return. It says, He harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him. You know, as we look back on 2015, if there's anything good that's happened through this year, if there's any way that, that, that you feel that, that, that you've you know, made some progress or you've had good things happen, it's because God has blessed you. If you say, you know what, my family has just really grown stronger together and, and you know, have a good job. And God's really blessed me with that. My grades in school were, were really good. We need to thank the one that got us here. Thank our creator for, for bringing us this far. Because you're not smart enough or cute enough or good, good enough to do that stuff all on your own. But you know something? For some of us here, it wasn't the greatest of year, And we've had some hardships. We've had some tough times that we've had to go through. And God promises that he'll carry you through these tough times in these dark days. So here we're reading about Isaac, which was Abraham's son. And, and he says he planted his crop. He harvested a hundred times more than he planted. Verse 13, he says he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. This is someone that God was obviously blessing. God was obviously poor out his favor on Isaac. Not just worldly wealth, but he was also growing in wisdom, growing in stature. You know, th- there's something to be said about being rich with no sorrow in it. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of money, but they're not really rich. They're not really wealthy because they're missing the things in life that are so important. Instead, Pursuing being rich in the, in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. In 2016, my prayer for you is that you get in the groove. In 2016, it's the year you're going to get your groove on. You, you know what I'm talking about? So, some of you know what I'm talking I about. Mean, If you guys grew up maybe like in the 60s and 70s, some of you, you know, you really know what it means to get your groove on. But um, um, but, but when we talk about like athletes, if there's an athlete that's really in the groove, what does that mean? That means they're really, you know, they're really moving forward. They're really uh, being able to play and compete almost at a level that's beyond their own ability. Man, they're in the groove. It's this mental state where, where you're so focused on this activity, it almost becomes, almost starts to become easy for you. We get into the, into the groove of things. You know, as a, as a musician, we talk about getting in the groove. By the way, let's give the band a, a hand. They did a great job this morning. You know, they got to get here earlier than everyone else. And, and sometimes we play. And sometimes you get into a groove. And it's kind of this thing that it's hard to explain what a groove is, but you know it when you got it. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like there's some music that you hear that you just, like, start feeling like you want to dance a little bit. You know, even us folks like me that don't even dance, and we're like, you know, that just has a nice groove to it. And as you're playing music, you start to get into that groove. Stuff starts coming together. It's, it's when we're connected to each other. It's when we're fulfilled in life. Not just accomplishing a, a task, but also enjoying the activity. There's probably a lot of things that we've accomplished, but we didn't really enjoy the process of it. But, you know, as exciting as it is to get into the groove, and some of you might say, you know what? My life is just in the groove right now. As exciting as that is, it's equally as frustrating when you can't get into it. Or, or when, when the groove gets interrupted. You know what I'm saying? You, you're, you're, you feel like, oh, we're, we're running on all eight cylinders here. We're moving forward. And then something happens. And it messes it all up. It gets interrupted. It gets, you start getting frustrated. So we're talking about Isaac. And Isaac, we see he planted some crops And he got a hundred times the increase. We're going to back up to verse 1 of Genesis 26. And listen to what happened here. This puts some context into what Isaac was actually going through. It says, a severe famine now struck the land. See, we just read about him planting and getting a hundred times the crop. But what I didn't say was that he was in the middle of a famine when that happened. He was in the middle of a famine. It says, a severe famine struck the land as it happened before. In Abraham's time. You know every generation has its own struggles. Man, every generation has its own struggles. We all face things. We all go through things. We all process things a little bit differently. But there was a famine in Abraham's time. And now there's a famine in Isaac's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, lived. So, So here's Isaac. He gets struck in a famine, they move, and, and God tells him, you know what, just camp out right here for a while. So he starts planting. But when is he planting? He's planting in the time of famine. You know, sometimes we don't realize that, that God can't really fulfill everything in our life when we're in our comfort zone. God can't accomplish everything that he wants to in you when you're just your comfort zone all the time. Yeah, we like to be in our comfort zone. We like to be in this area where everything's going right. But oftentimes, God can't do what He wants to do in you when that's where we are, when we're just in our comfort zone. If you're taking notes, write this down. God uses the famine times to force us out of our comfort zone. He uses these times of famine. He says, "Isaac, it's time to move on, It's time to move on, Time to get out of your comfort zone a little bit." Maybe there was something that you wanted this past year, something that you prayed for, perhaps, something that you really thought that God should give you, and it just didn't happen. It just didn't come together. You know, man, you just wanted this thing so bad. Maybe it was a relationship restored. Maybe it was to pass a grade, to pass the class in school. And you're like, I just got to get this. And I'm praying and I'm praying. And then it doesn't happen. See, God is always guiding us. But not just by what he provides. Sometimes God is providing us by the things that he withholds from us. Sometimes God is leading us by the things that He doesn't allow us to achieve. You'll always be in the groove, you can write this down. You'll always be in the groove, though, if you know how to plant good seed. See, Isaac, man, he's in a time of famine. And what does he start doing? He starts planting seed. He starts planting seed. He's planting good seed. When we plant good seed in our lives and in our world, we're doing good for others. We're reading God's word on a daily basis. Man, if you don't read your Bible on a daily basis, I would challenge you to do it. You know, we have Bible. You can go there and sign up for our daily Bible reading plan. We'll even email it to you. It takes like five minutes. I tell people, you know, if you don't have five minutes a day... And just like mute the TV during commercial time and read it then. Because the average American spends like five to seven hours a day watching TV. So I'm sure you can squeeze in five minutes, okay? And, and, and so, but we need to learn how to plant this good seed. Isaac knew how to obey and how to, how to listen to God. He sowed seed in a place that wasn't comfortable for him. He had been pushed out of a, of a place and he sowed seed. And sometimes life will push you out of a place that you feel really comfortable in. We look back and we're like, man, I was just so comfortable there. I was in my comfort zone. Why did God have to go and let this thing happen to me? Like, I put down roots there. I invested all this time and energy into this relationship, into this class, into this job, and now God is moving me on. But God can increase your capacity by causing confrontation, rewarded it a little bit differently, is you can't increase your capacity without confrontation. You're not going to be able to do more without a little bit of confrontation in your life. If you want God to enlarge an area, if you want to be more effective in an area of your life, it's going to come along with some confrontation. And in verse 13 it said, He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He's growing, he's getting more and more. But as his capacity grows and increases, so does his challenges. As your capacity grows, God, I want to do more for your kingdom. I want to do more. I want to grow closer to you. I want to have a better relationship. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to accomplish these things. I want a new job. I want to get more pay. But with more pay, usually comes more responsibilities. More challenges. For more capacity, you have to face more challenges. See, when we ask God for great things, we need to understand there might be some challenges, some confrontations that come along with that. And we see that here in verse 14. Still in Genesis 26. It says Isaac says he, he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. The Philistines started to envy him. The Philistines, they were, they were these seafaring people, but they were, they were warmongers. They weren't the nice people. These are the people that were coming, trying to stir up trouble. And it says here, the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you've become too powerful for us. Here's everything going his way. He's planting crops. He's getting a hundredfold increase. He's doing all this stuff. And then the Philistines, they come and they stop up his well. This is their biggest enemy. They stop up the well. What happens if you stop up the well? What happens to all those crops, that hundredfold crops? What happens to that? You can't plant it without water. And see, as we grow in our relationship with God, as we grow in passion for God, as we start to grow, sometimes God starts to move us out of these places that we've settled in. Sometimes we grow, and the relationships that we had once before that we thought were so good for us no longer are good for us anymore. And he's saying you've settled there, and now it's time to move on. Maybe the habits that you have in your life you say, oh, that's not hurting anybody. But these habits, you say you, you've settled there for too long. It's time to move on. <clears throat> but see, he's not just doing this just to force you out of your comfort zone. As your capacity increases, so do your challenges. The enemy starts to push you. Anybody ever feel pushed around? Anybody feel pushed around this year by anything? Some of you guys have. And I think if we're honest, we probably all say, you know what? I felt a little bit pushed around in some areas this year. And the enemy starts to push us around. But while the enemy is pushing you out, God is pulling you forward. God is pulling you into the land that he wants you to be. He's pulling you into a place where you can fulfill your purpose. See, God will push you out of a comfort zone so you can find your groove. See, your groove wasn't there. It wasn't in the past. It wasn't in the comfort zone. It said, but, but it seems like it should be. No, 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 no. See, God wants, you to, wants to bring you somewhere else. It doesn't matter your physical location. See, being in the groove isn't about being in a comfort zone. See, God allows famine. God allows loneliness. God allows failures to happen in our lives. And sometimes God blesses you with failure. You're like, I failed this class in school. I just can't understand why God did this. And we need to stop, sit back, and ask the question, why? What is God trying to teach me? I know what my teacher was trying to teach me, but what is God trying to teach me through this failure? Maybe you failed in other areas, relationally or job or with your kids or with parents. And we need to ask that question. Sometimes God blesses us with failure. And sometimes God lets us fall temporarily so that he can lead us forward. Here, as we move into 2016, I believe that what the devil meant for evil for you in 2015, God is going to turn it around for good in 2016. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the devil, he's got a plan. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to stick you. I'm going to poke you. I'm going to get you mad. I'm going to get you frustrated. I'm going to take away everything you have. And then, but we're we're so focused on that we don't realize. God said, come on, but I got something better for you, honey. You know, I'm I'm making you into something even better. And and we're going to start to see that reward as we move into this new year. Man, God doesn't want us to live in our comfort zone anymore. He wants to stretch us. He wants to stretch us as, as individuals, as followers of Christ. He wants to stretch us as a church. He wants to stretch us. He wants to grow us. You know, I mean, it's like, I believe that 2016 is going to be a great year. Yeah, it's going to come with some struggles. It's like right now, I mean, uh, some of you know we're, we're in the process of buying a building. And, and, man, it's like one thing after another. And it's like all this red tape and, and, and things keep getting delayed. Hopefully we're on track for, for January to kind of get things approved. But, you know, it's in God's hands. But I'm like, you know what? Whatever, whatever these obstacles that the devil puts in our way, I know God has a bigger plan in them. He intends it for good. And some people you hear preach about, they'll go on and on about this blessing you're going to receive. You're going to get blessed from God. And let's pray for blessing. Let's pray for blessing. But if you're not careful, right this day, If you're not careful, you won't recognize the blessing when you get it because it shows up looking like a burden. And I got, I was praying for a blessing, and now I, what, what's going on? I wanted a blessing, not a burden. And we don't recognize the blessing because it came disguised as a burden. As long as, as long as you think that the blessing of God comes to make you comfortable, you're not going to recognize it when it shows up to challenge you. Because oftentimes God's blessings come as a challenge in your life, not as just some blessing that falls out of the sky and magically lands in your lap. and Like, woohoo, I'm blessed now. I mean, that would be great. I think we'd all love that. But that's not how it works. We pray for a blessing. God often will send us a challenge. So Isaac is forced out of this land that God has led him to. I mean, think about that for a second. God led Isaac here. And now he's forced out of the land. I don't know if you've ever been, felt like God led you to do something, and then it all fell apart. And it's like, wait a minute. What's going on there? I thought, I thought if God told me to do this, I would be successful in it. Maybe God didn't lead you in that to be successful. Maybe he wanted you to learn something through the failure of it instead, instead of the success of it. So so here, Isaac's forced out of this land. What do we do when we're forced out of this land that God has led us to? He begins to settle. He begins to prosper. Things are looking so good, and then the enemy comes and forces him out. Verse 15, we see the Philistines come. And they block his water supply. You know, when you dig a well in these ancient times, that was essentially like claiming land. And he had these wells, and he's essentially claiming the land here, saying, this land is my land. This land ain't your land, you know? It's like he's claiming that land, saying, this is where we're going to settle from now on. And Gerar is on the edge of a desert, so a well is a very, very valuable thing. But when the Philistines come and they fill up the well, they say, oh, that's just kind of like, you know... Like a little bit of vandalism. No, this wasn't vandalism. This was like an act of war. This was like like terrorism, saying, I'm going to destroy you, your family, and all your crops by filling in your well. But these Philistines, what do they represent in our life? The enemies that we face that are trying to prevent us from fulfilling God's purpose for us. They can't take away the blessing from God, but they can try to block where it comes from. They can try to block that blessing. They can try to hinder it. It doesn't matter how much seed you've planted if you don't have the water for it. The seed can't grow without Water And you can't grow without the Spirit of God. Jesus calls himself the living water. We can't grow without water. And man, maybe you're at a point in your life where you've never even you know, put your faith in Jesus before. He's the living water. You want to grow as an individual, then it's time to take a step of faith and say, I'm going to step out in this new year. Yeah, I've had a crazy year. But I'm going to take a step of faith and trust the living water to cause me to grow. The enemy can't take God's blessing from you. He can't take your promise from you, but he can try to block it. So here the Philistines are basically declaring war on Isaac by stopping up these wells. What's blocking your groove? What's blocking you from really connecting and moving forward in your life? Write this down. What kind of dirt has the enemy put in your well to dry it up? Try to block your blessing. What kind of dirt has he put there? What kind of addiction? What kind of circumstance? What kind of situation? You're like, man, this has just been one crazy year. There's all of this crap has hit me in my life, and I just don't know what to do. And when they stop and look and say, maybe that's just some dirt that the enemy's trying to put to block up the well. Trying to block up the blessing. He can't take it from you, but he can block you from experiencing it. So what's stopping you? See, the Philistines, they stopped up the well. And some of us here, our lives are stopped up. Our heart is stopped up. We want a miracle to fall down from the sky. We want fulfillment to fall down from the sky. We just want to say, hey, everything is great in my life. And sometimes people, when they come to faith in Christ, they do it under this false idea that if I serve God, everything's going to just work out all the time and be great and work- be happy forever. No, it never says that. See, God says that he'll work everything together for good, but we don't realize that that might mean him working some bad things together for good in our life. So what's blocking your groove? It's time to unblock it. Verse 17, continuing on here. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley. He moved down into the valley. Did you know water flows best in the valleys? That's where all the water really goes. So he moved down here into the valley where they set up their tents and settled down. See, sometimes they, well, he moved. God led him there. He moved. God's blessing will follow you wherever you go. It doesn't matter. You say, well, well, God has be in this situation and now i'm being forced out of it and i don't know what to do with my life now and oh gloom and doom and despair and agony and all this is just horrible and we don't realize god's blessing is going with us surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life And, and, and so here he's moving into the valley verse 18 and he says he did what 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 did he do He reopened the wells that his father had dug. The Philistines had filled after Abraham's death. See, the Philistines, this isn't the first set of wells they filled in. They filled in Papa's wells too. Dad's wells got filled in too. And Isaac comes in. He comes in the valley. He sees these remnants of these wells and says, we're going to start digging out some of the dirt. We're going to open these up again. He reopened the wells that his father's dug, which the Philistines had given had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac had restored the names Abraham had given them. He reopened the wells. Sometimes it's time to excavate our lives, start to open up the wells again. We want to experience God's blessing. We're like, I'm planting some seed, but it's just not growing. Maybe it's because we're not tapping into the living water, because some things are plugging up our lives. Some things are holding us back. We need to To to, to excavate it. We can't build up high until we dig down deep. What do you need to to dig out? Is there anything in your life that just doesn't belong there? And Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. What does that imply? We say guard your heart. Think about, you know, the, the, the military, whoever guarding Fort Knox. Man, they got guns there. They got, they, they're like, you know, you don't come in here unauthorized. We need to guard our hearts sometimes because there's an enemy that's going to try to fill up our well. We need to guard our heart because it determines the course of your life. The enemy... Can't take god's promise away from you but he can plug up your heart so that you stop believing in it you stop receiving the blessings that god has you stop acting on the things that you're reading about and learning about you can't live when your heart is stopped up you know physically you can't right i can't live if my heart is stopped up and sometimes our spiritual heart gets stopped up with all these things that we're putting into it see there's not a shortage of water There's plenty of water there. Just the well stopped up. The heart stopped up. The wellspring of life Jesus talks about. I can't think the way I want to think. I can't worship the way I want to worship. I can't serve the way I want to serve. Man, I'm just bombarded by these addictions, by by pornography, by lust, by, by just anger, by all these things. And and, and there's all this stuff plugging it up, and I'm wondering why am I planting seed but nothing's growing? Because there's some stuff that needs to be dug out of that well. So here's some things that we need to dig out. The first one's dig out complaining. Man, I read an article once, and this is just good to know in general, that the, the best way to strike up a conversation with a total stranger is to complain. Did you know that? I mean, I mean, like, like you're, you're like, man, this warm weather, what's going on with that? This isn't what Christmas is supposed to be. I mean, you know, it, you can't strike up a conversation about something good. Like, wow, isn't it a beautiful day? No, they don't care. But by, by complaining, we need to dig out the complaining because it messes up our groove. We can't get in the groove if we're just complaining all the time. Someone's like, oh, I never complain. Yeah, right, you know. Man, some of us, how many days have we lost in 2015 because the very first thing we wake up and we've already started complaining? Man, if we want this well to spring up inside of us, if we really want to start to to get in the groove, we really want to make a difference in our world, we want to really be able to reach out to our classmates, maybe we need to, to dig out some stuff, dig out the complaining Now, I've challenged people several times to just try this. Go for one week, seven days without complaining. I don't care if you trust God or not. Just try it. And man, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. I can do that. And then, you know, a little while later, you're like, man, I can't believe he asked me. Well, you know, it's like, wait a minute, dude, you're complaining already. You know, it's like, man, it's hard to stop complaining. The second thing is dig out regrets. Dig out regrets. Do you have regrets? You have things that you regret in your life. Man, we can't go into 2016 with our hearts stopped up with regrets. Yesterday is gone. You know, I don't care what you did yesterday. That's behind us. Let's move forward. We can't carry those things with us. We need to leave the past in the past. God says He forgives it. He's going to forgive you for those things. Let's just move on. The only regret that's Productive is the one that you're able to transform into wisdom for the future. Did you get that? The only regret that's even helpful is the one that you look at and say, oh, you know what, I regret doing that. I should have done this. Next time I'm in a situation, I'm going to do that. And I've transformed that regret into wisdom, and I'm going to move forward. But we don't have room for regret for what I did or didn't do. We don't have room for bitterness towards what somebody else did or didn't do here's the thing. When you start digging out that well, you might not get it out, cleaned out with just one shovel full. There might be some things that you need to go through to process. In fact, in fact, we're starting a new series next week called I Quit. Okay? And it's all about what are some things that we need to quit in the new year? We all look at it, oh, yeah, you know what? I need to get in shape. I need to do this and that. What are some things that we need to say, you know what? I need to stop doing this behavior because it's going against what God is encouraging me to do. But you might not get it clean with one shovelful in one day. I mean, man, this thing's begin, been getting filled up for the last 43 years. You ain't going to clean it out overnight. But we got to start somewhere. The next thing is to dig out complacency. Dig out complacency. Isaac didn't fill that well with dirt. Sometimes that's how, how we think, right? Well, I didn't put the dirt in there, so I shouldn't be expected to clean out my kids like that. You know? I'm like, go clean the living room. Well, I didn't make the mess. I don't care if you made the mess. Just go clean it up. But I didn't make the mess. They should. Go. I'm like, I don't care who made the mess. Just go clean it out. I'm like, well, I didn't cause all this baggage in my life. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. But it's time to clean it out. It's time to get rid of this stuff. He dug it out anyhow. Sometimes we settle for the addictions that we have. Like, Well, I just had no control over it. I have no control, so I'm just going to live in this. And sometimes, you know, it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But sometimes it's time to to start doing some work to dig these things out. Because sometimes we settle for for addiction. Sometimes we settle for for impure thoughts. Sometimes we settle for this contamination in our soul. And it contaminates, it hinders our communication with God and with other people. You know, it's interesting, though, the well was there all along, wasn't it? He didn't dig a new well. The well was already there. And sometimes we think that getting in the groove is getting something new going in our life. i got to get something new in my life. But no, Isaac, what he did is he had to unearth something that was already there. He had to dig out something that was already there, things that had been walked away from. See, maybe the love that you're looking for, the the love you want to experience in a relationship, you already is in a relationship you already have, but you haven't in the well. So you start to dig a new well. But there's a fresh flow that can come from the old well. If we put a little bit of effort there. Like, well, I just need a new woman, you know? It's like, well, maybe if you started treating the one that you have with a little bit of respect, some love might start flowing there. He write this down. God can bring living water from old wells it can bring living water from old wells. John 7, verse 37, and Jesus is talking here. And on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds. I mean, like he wanted to be heard, right? I mean, this is like maybe a little bit obnoxious. Like, like his friends are probably like, Jesus, just tone it down, man. And he shouts to the was, anyone who's thirsty can come to me. And I'm like, what? You don't got any water? I mean, think about what his disciples were thinking there. Imagine if you're at the mall and your friend stands up and says, anyone thirsty, you guys come over to me. It's like, who are you, creep? You know? Says anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures say, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Verse 39 says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. See, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is, is alive and is available to us to fill us and to give us power. That streams of living water coming from an old well, perhaps. But man, it's available to us. And he's saying, I can give you this living water. If you're thirsty, come and drink. Man, I'm thirsty right now. But this water, I'll drink it and I'll be thirsty again. In 2016, I believe that you're going to get into the groove. And I don't think you necessarily need a new well. I don't think you necessarily need a new job. Don't necessarily need a new relationship. Don't necessarily need a new path in life. Just more passion in the one that you're in. You know, I've talked to people like, I just want a new job. I hate my job. I can't stand my job. Man, I just, I'm like, man. Like, if if this is how you act when you go to work, you ain't ever going to get a new job, man. Like, you're not even happy for the one that you have. What makes you think you're going to be happy the next one? Because I know you're not happy in this one. You weren't happy in the one before. You weren't happy in the one before that. So what makes you think you're going to be happy In the next one, we need to clean out some stuff inside. We don't necessarily need a new well. How's God going to give you a new well if you haven't taken care of the one you already have? It's time to reclaim what our Father already paid for. You know, you already have everything you need to be successful in the new year. Yeah, I'm glad you have goals. I'm glad we say, oh, I want to lose weight or stop smoking or whatever it is. But you know what? It needs to start in our heart. We need to start making some goals that are God goals, not me goals. You know, New Year's resolution is usually all about me, isn't it? Well, I want to do this. I want to do this because of me. It's like, what about if our goals were focused on God instead? Starting in our heart. You know, I I, I need to stop complaining. I need to let go of some regret in my life. I'm going to close with John 4.13. And Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water. See, here you go. I'm already thirsty again. Anyone who drinks this water is going to be thirsty again. Verse 14. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You want to really live your life in the groove? You know, God is offering you this living water you've been looking for it maybe in all the wrong places you've been looking for fulfillment been looking to get in the groove by by you know taking classes or by getting a job by getting in a relationship by doing all these things but we're neglecting the thing that actually has the influence over our lives and that's in our relationship with God we've been letting an enemy fill up our well with dirt And it's time to dig out the doubt. It's time to dig out the discouragement. Time to dig out the disappointment. And live a life that God has called us to. To get in that groove thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.